I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, roll, roll and crown the weather there. Good morning. It is Saturday, March 10th, 2018. And uh, today we are getting into the Gospel of Luke. Uh, a couple days ago, I asked the question, what is the longest chapter in the New Testament? Well, it's Luke chapter 1. Uh, the longest chapter in the New Testament, 80 verses long. Um, so today, as we did with that previous long chapter, we're not going to go into too much commentary, uh, just for time's sake. Uh, but we, we will go through uh, the reading of it. Now, uh, Luke's account here uh, is very different uh, from the other gospel accounts that, that, that we have. Uh, Luke's account is one that is more detailed in nature. Um, his, uh, you know, the prologue that he presents here is one of discovery. Uh, it's, it's similar to how a, a researcher or an um, investigator would present um, their case. You know, this is what I've done to be able to present... Um, the the um, um, the results of, of what I've found. You know, this is this is how I went about it. This is what I found, uh, and and then he gets into it. Um, you know, Luke's intent is to compile, uh, to deliver, and to write from the perspective of eyewitnesses and ministers. He says in the first couple of verses that we'll look at here. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it's a it's a narrative that is providing an orderly account. Uh, Luke's goal, and uh, we'll see throughout this reading, is more of a chronological one in which uh, you know, he's trying to get the pieces and parts um, you know, in order the way they happened. Uh, and his attention to detail is, is um, obvious as, as we'll read through it. Um, the... Um, um, Chapter 1 uh, presents um, two different stories, really, if you will. One of Zechariah and one of Mary. Uh, and there's a great contrast between the two of them in that, uh, one, uh, his doubt is what uh, is fueling him, and, and we see how the power of doubt um, plays a role in, in, his, uh, in his life and his understanding. And then we have Mary. Uh, and her great faith uh, and the power of God uh, to overcome the doubts that we may have. We'll see that as we look here in Luke chapter 1. So let's go ahead and get into that. Uh, if you haven't turned over there already, go ahead and do so. Luke chapter 1, and we will uh, read through this. Now, uh, Theophilus, as we'll see here, is a, is a man to which Luke is written, uh, as is the book of Acts. Luke is also the author there. Uh, and Luke explains why. Verse 1, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty, among, uh, certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So, as we just looked at there, this is the reason why he's writing this. 
Right, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now when he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside of their hour, outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. <coughs> Excuse me. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days uh, when he looked on, looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So we have the telling here of John the Baptist uh, and, and uh, the, his parents, Zechariah and Mary, uh, or, I'm sorry, Zechariah and Elizabeth, uh, and uh, the foretelling of, of his birth. Now this is something that we don't get in the other gospel accounts. Um, but this account from Luke, of course, corresponds with everything, um, but it helps give a little bit of insight into how and why John the Baptist truly was the Elijah that was to come and that would come and prepare the way for the Messiah. Because Gabriel speaks those exact words to Zechariah, a faithful, upright man who lived righteously, lived according to, and knew the scriptures. And uh, the fact that this came to him was a testament uh, to the the future that John the Baptist would have. Now, of course, in this, in Zechariah's doubt, he is made mute, um, which, of course, served as a sign to the people who were there that he had seen something great and, and marvelous. And um, nonetheless, though, his, uh, his inability to speak was not so much because of the marvelous thing that he had saw, but because of his doubt in the marvelous thing that he saw. Verse 26, in the sixth uh, month, the, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. 
But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. Now again, we see here a great contrast between Zechariah and Mary. Mary asked the question, How will this be since I am a virgin? And if we go back to Zechariah's question, he says, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. You see, the difference is, is that the way Zechariah asked the question, it was a question of doubt. It's, that's not possible. But Mary asked the question, not, this isn't possible. She asks, how can this happen, since I'm a virgin? This wasn't a question of doubt, it was a question of inquiry. How? How is this going to happen? Because the, the last verse, verse 38, says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She believed the angel. She thought, okay, yeah. But the way you say it's going to happen, all right, I believe you. It wasn't a doubtful, uh, I don't know if, I don't know about that. I've never heard of that happening before. She just asked, how's this going to happen since I'm a virgin? And it would seem to me that there was a sense of loyalty to her husband, because of course a, a betrothed woman, a, a virgin who becomes pregnant, that's not going to look very good in society and with her husband. And so the question is a logical one. How will this be since I'm a virgin? But she, it seems that she wishes to remain so for her husband. And so, the angel tells her exactly how it will happen. She accepts it and goes on. Verse 39, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. If we go back up here. Verse 15, he will be filled, right here, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And not 20-some verses later, that's fulfilled. The Holy Spirit feel, fills Elizabeth and John the Baptist, he's not John the Baptist yet, John in his mother's womb, greets Jesus, if you will, leaps for joy. And now Mary says in verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, 
For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and the exalted, uh, and exalted those of humble estate. And he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth for about three months and returned to her home. So this this song that, that Mary sings, and there's a beautiful hymn that has been written, a four-part harmony, um, round, if you will. I don't, I'm not a musicologist, but that sounds right. Um, uh, that is called the Magnificat, and uh, it, it takes Mary's words and puts it to music, and it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, but the purpose and, and point of Mary's uh, song here is that you know, she recognizes her role as a humble servant. She is a servant. She is serving God, and uh, and though we are humble, uh, you know, the, the the our position in this world is is much lower than that of heaven. Um, verse forty-eight. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and for generations will call me blessed. Of course, we look at Mary and we call her blessed because she was the mother of Christ. She she bore the Son. But this song rings true for us today as well. Because we are still lowly, we are still wicked, evil people, uh, an evil uh, humanity that is really undeserving of the love of God because of our sin. But yet, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and he has sent Jesus. And from now on, all generations will call us blessed because of Christ. Because that's exactly why generations call Mary blessed. Because of Christ. Verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. And she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. And they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered no. Until uh, no he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives are called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted his name to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, Blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these, uh, uh, all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid up, laid up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. So this area in which John, John was born is the area that John would ultimately begin his ministry. And so we can see from the very beginning of his life as a child, the path was being set for him to pave the way for Christ. The people of Judah would know the name of John because of these wonderful things. And the things that he began doing were clearly from the Lord. And you see, when we go back and we look at the previous uh, gospel accounts that we've looked at, you know, Jesus challenged the Pharisees and he asked them, the, the things of John, were they from God or were they from man? And the Pharisees were um, conflicted. They didn't want to say they were from God because they knew if they said that, then Jesus could come back with, well, why didn't you believe them? 
Or why didn't you obey them? And if they said for man, well, they feared they feared the crowds because they see, perceived him as a prophet. But the fact of the matter remains is that the people in Judah knew. And scripture tells us that things that he was doing was from God. The Pharisees ignored it. Verse 67, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from, from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who, hates us, who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give us light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the days of, day of his public appearance to Israel. What a wonderful, wonderful story that, that Luke provides us. Uh, and some great insight into the birth of John the Baptist, some understanding about the prophecies leading up to his role and, his, uh, and the role that he would ultimately play in, in, uh, in preparing the way for Christ. Um, and the prophecy that, that uh, Zechariah gives there, um, of course, all comes true. And we'll begin to see that more as we get into uh, the Gospel account of Luke. Um, so, uh, with that, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time out on this Saturday to, uh, to listen in and join in this study. Uh, if you'd like to see more of uh, the previous studies of the Gospel accounts of Matthew and the Gospel accounts of Mark, you can see those on our Facebook page. You can also go to our website at loveland.church. And you can also um, catch up there and, and subscribe to the podcast version if you'd like. I'd also like to say thank you for those who uh, lifted up prayers for my mother. Uh, her, her surgery was successful uh, yesterday, and uh, everything, recovery is looking really good right now. Uh, and so we're, we're hopeful for a, a return home very soon. Um, so again, thank you, and your continued prayers are also welcome as, we can, as, uh, as she continues in her uh, journey to, uh, to uh, attack the, the cancer that, that uh, has attacked her body. Um, and we hope and pray that uh, that will continue and, and that uh, the Lord has great plans for her. Um, so thank you again. And uh, if you have any questions about this study or about uh, the church uh, that meets here in, uh, in Loveland, you can reach out to us uh, here on Facebook or via email at info at loveland.church. I also want to invite you to our services tomorrow. We will gather together uh, tomorrow morning starting at 10 a.m. for Bible class and then 11 a.m. for worship. Um, I will not be there. I'm out of town, of course, with my mother and family. Uh, but uh, we will have some great men stepping in and uh, helping out with the preaching and the teaching. Um, and uh, one other uh, reminder, tonight is the time that we got to change our clocks. It's spring forward. Um, so as Yoda says, spring forward you must, or late to church you will be. So there you go. Have a great rest of your day. God bless. For a better one, bright and fair, Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found, and I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there's sunshine.